I am so glad y'all are here today. Charlie and Shelly, I am so glad y'all are back. Boy, I tell you that, amen, amen. Boy, the devil is a liar, isn't he? Gil and his family are good, and uh, there's, there's a few of us, boy. We really had to press through, man. Debbie, whew, I thought Debbie started going to life church or something. <laughs> I was about to... I was about to drive by, see if she was holding a sign out there. <laughs> no, Debbie, boy, she went, she went, <laughs> she went through, man. I'm, so I'm glad, I'm glad everybody's doing better. And uh, boy, I tell you, man, the Lord is good. He's been, he's been so good to us, and he's going to continue to be good because he's a, he's a good God. Amen. All right, this, this evening we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. Uh, yes. Uh, it, uh, Jasmine asked a question. Uh, when was it, Jasmine? Saturday leadership meeting, and I told her, you know what? Let's just instead of me, uh, you know, uh, what was the question that you had asked, Jasmine? Do you remember? So, someone get her a microphone. Get, that'll give her time to remember what her question was. <laughs> She's looking at Andrew. Andrew, what was my question? <laughs> Ayla remembers. Ayla remembers. Ayla, do you remember? Yeah, she remembers it okay, exactly. Here, here's the microphone. Ayla's, Ayla's like a tape recorder. <laughs> to summarize what you asked, you basically said the Lord had pointed out that you needed to look into different spirits that you were battling against, and you asked where to look for look for that so you didn't get way off course. Yeah. Yeah, she did. So she, she is wanting to know about dealing with uh, evil spirits. You know, we did a study here at our church on Wednesday night when we were over at the old building um, over on Western. And we did, a, we did a series of services, a series of meetings on Wednesday when we were having Wednesday. Now, that was, that was before people wanted to come to Wednesday nights at Winter's Church. That was, uh, that was when Marissa was trying to keep everybody home. But anyway, <laughs> no, Marissa never tried to keep no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just your face I saw, Marissa. But anyway, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, we that was uh, during a time when we were trying still yet to develop uh, something we had been meeting on Saturdays. And boy, listen, y'all don't even know how we started out. We used to have a Bible study nearly every day. And uh, we were, it was like drinking from a fire hydrant. When you, when you came to this church, listen, you had to, Pastor Mikey would teach on a subject. I'd teach on a subject. I'd te- I, well, actually, I taught on like three different subjects. And then uh, uh, there's barely any preaching getting done. But uh, we, we were getting the word. And finally, we had, to, uh, we had to dial it back because we realized we were teaching a lot of stuff. And very few people were really capturing everything that was being said. And so uh, we dialed it back. But this, this happened to be, I think, in the time when we had all, we were Bible studying because I know some people are like, why can't we have another Bible study? Well, that's because we cut way back on them because we realized that it's, it's not really, you think it'd be good for you, but sometimes you can get overwhelmed with information and you miss out on a lot of, a lot of stuff. Um, but, but I did a series on uh, demons and how to deal with them. And it talked about the origin and the operation of demons, uh, the difference between Fallen angels and demon spirits, there is a difference. Uh, where did demons come from? Where did they originate? Uh, we talked about, I believe, in the gap theory or that there is a gap between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. Some people, some people don't believe that. 
but uh, it's non-essential. It's not really important. Um, I think that there was a gap between the time that God created the heavens and the earth and the earth became without form and void because God doesn't create anything without form and void. He creates everything perfectly. And so something happened between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2, and I believe that uh, that is, uh, uh, tells a lot about the origin of demons and evil spirits and uh, where they came from. Uh, demon spirits are not fallen angels, and fallen angels are not demon spirits. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we're not going to talk about exactly that today, but we are going to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare and what the Bible says about it, because I think a lot of, a lot of what Jasmine probably needs to know has to do more with uh, not getting uh, not getting too uh, if, if you get online and you do a search and try to find out about evil spirits and demons and things like that ine inevitably most definitely you're going to you're going to get an extreme idea about those things and I think when you're you know when you can balance that out you can um, and, and again I'm not saying that we do this in the natural but when you have a, a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus and you're walking these things out in the spirit, then there are things that can be understood fairly, you know, it's, it's simple. It's uh, not easy, but it's simple. Uh, but, when you're, but when you're not in a deep, personal, intimate relationship with Jesus, uh, you can get way off. And so that's the, that's the difficulty about spiritual warfare, talking about spiritual warfare and... Um, and the things, the evil spirits, is that uh, most people fall into two categories uh, in the body of Christ. First category is that uh, people go overboard and they think everything's a, an evil spirit, and that 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 Satan is the cause of every difficulty uh, in their life and everything that they. And so people are looking uh, for evil spirits all over the place. Then you have the other the other side of the of the church that they don't spend enough time thinking about it. In fact, they don't think about it at all and are totally unaware of the fact that we live in this world, but there is a spirit realm. And that spirit realm is a very real world. You know, uh, we don't define the, uh, th the reality of things on, um, on the, as, as, a, as a Christian, as believers. H how many of you would agree with this statement? Something that is real can be defined as something that... Uh, is he, it's not it's it's something that's not temporary it's eternal it's something that doesn't um for example you know we say this is that this is real but you know this will this will uh, deteriorate and vanish away one day uh it's it will corrode and it will revert back to some kind of whatever whatever it was when it was dug out of the ground it'll end up going back to that this this particular uh, music stand or that chair so you know although this is our reality now it's only temporary so this isn't really that real but there is a world the spirit realm that is eternal now that's reality because that's forever and so some people remain unaware of that eternal you know, that eternal realm. And, and most people just stay confined into uh, what they can see and what they can feel, uh, what they can hear with their ears, what they, uh, what they relate to with their natural senses. And so, um, so I definitely, uh, I think that, again, there's those that they're looking for demons behind every uh, bush, behind every tree, behind every curtain, behind every action, behind every word that's spoken by people, uh, by every sickness 
you know, whatever it is. And then there are those that are, you know, they just don't pay any attention at all and are totally unaware of the fact that there is a spirit realm and that there is a, a uh, that we are somewhat in a spiritual battle and there is spiritual warfare that is going on. Now, to what extent is that spiritual warfare going on? And why? Why is there a battle going on in the spirit? You know, why? Uh, I, think that, I think to understand spiritual warfare and the things of the spirit, we have to understand why the fight, you know, uh, how many of you know why, uh, uh, <clears throat> why Israel is, is in, the, in, the, in the war that they're in right now? Does anybody know? Why is Israel, who, who's, who's Israel at war with? Huh? Do y'all really know? I mean, just, did y'all, did y'all quit watching the news with me? I mean, that's cool. Hamas? Yeah, Hamas. <clears throat> Palestine. Yeah, with Palestinians. Um, so Israel and Palestine are, because they're still going at it, aren't they? Still bombing each other. There's lots of killing. Lots of, lots of people are dying. Um, now, see, some people will take a side based on what they see in the natural. But do you know why that war is going on? Does anyone know? Land? Is that what it is? Land? It's a spiritual battle. Do you do you understand? Do you understand why? It, what what what? Where did it? Where where did this battle start? Well, Ab- it started with Abraham sleeping with uh, sleeping with uh, Sarah's handmaid, Hagar. Yeah. When God promised when God promised Abraham that he would have a, that he would have seed that he would have children. Sarah didn't, Sarah didn't think that she was capable, and in the natural, she wasn't. In the natural, Sarah wasn't capable of bearing children. The Bible says that her body, her womb was dead, and that Abraham's body was dead. So Abraham wasn't even, he was so old, he wasn't capable of producing uh, the kind of seed that would produce children. So both of them in the natural couldn't do this. So because of that, Abra- uh, Sarah told Abraham why don't you sleep with my maid? And maybe we can have a child that way. And so, you know, Abraham, not wanting to look a gift horse in the mouth, went ahead and being the man that he was, uh, said, that sounds like a great idea. <clears throat> and uh, they, had a, they had a kid, but it wasn't the baby of promise. It was the kid, they named the kid Ishmael. And then when Isaac was born, um, by Sarah, uh, the Lord, of course, when Ishmael was born, the Lord uh, spoke and said, there will always be, uh, there will always be war between uh, the seed of Ishmael and the seed of Isaac. <clears throat> so this isn't about land at all, or it's not about anything in the natural. This all started with a birth, the, the uh, battle over a birthright, the firstborn of Abraham. And uh, so it goes way back to, way back to the Bible and an act of disobedience by Abraham and unwillingness for him to be uh, yield to the spirit. So <clears throat> let, me, let me tell you this. Every, every spiritual battle, we have to understand why it's going on. And there aren't multiple reasons. There's one reason why there is spiritual warfare. And, and the, Bible, the Bible tells us uh, what, what that is. So, so th- th- we're going to talk about that. Now, I want to do this first. Is there something... Is there, 
uh, is there some question or something specifically about spiritual warfare that you would like for me to address? Something that you're curious about? And uh, Carolyn's got her hand up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take anyone anyone's uh, question. Now I'm not gonna answer those questions straightway, but I'm gonna make a note of it so that possibly by the time that we get done here, I can at least address it in some measure. And then if we have any questions uh, after that, we can get to them. But this is not a time for comments. This is a time for uh, questions and, and for you to give me a little bit of input. All right, uh, Carolyn, what if, what, if there's something you'd like covered, what would it be? Mental oppression. Mental oppression. Um, all right. <clears throat> binding and loosening. Oh, binding and loosing. Somebody else? Um, familiar spirits. Familiar spirits. Well, you guys are good. Next. Um, in order to be able to fight off the specific demons, do you have to know their origin or anything, or can you just um, fight them off with just knowing the basics of the okay. word? Uh, what do I need to know? I'm going to put that... Uh, I got to make this one long. Thank you, Gil. <laughs> All right, next. The other one that I remember, Jasmine, the part that she said was, which he said familiar spirit, that was part of it, but also naming and distinguishing between was a part of that question. Well, spiritual discernment was is separate, but I remember her saying that the Lord was saying yeah, to know the, the spirit, to know what one it was like and by name. So that was, I was just making sure that. Yeah. Anybody else? One more. Um, authority, how to take authority over them. Okay. All right, yes. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, that's a good, that's, a, that's good. I'm definitely deal with that. Um, <clears throat> let me, uh, let me, let me scroll up here. I didn't anticipate. I think, I think most of you can probably already anticipate this is not all happening today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next. Um, sometimes you hear people talk about, you know, giving place to something, and sometimes it seems 
in the way they say, uh, very easy. So how easy or difficult is it to give place to something that causes uh, you to have uh, an opening to an evil spirit? Okay. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> he's, he's giving a little bit of place to something there. It's not a bad spirit though. I'm actually writing these in a way that, um, so I know how to answer them. <clears throat> Believe it or not, I already have all your answers. There's a uh, video going around Facebook, and I guess my, no, my uncle sent it to me. I haven't watched it, what but. What did you say? Cat Curry. Oh, Cat Curry. No, 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 no. <laughs> Catherine Crick. <laughs> anyway. This man was talking about how um, he said that a lot of people um, he thinks are feeling this way, but basically he's saying that. Um, Everyone needs to um, take anointing oil and anoint their houses, all the doorposts, all the windows, and a bunch of... I haven't finished watching it, but... Oh, so you saw this too? But I haven't even watched it yet. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you'd heard about it. No, no. But it, any time you think you have to go through a, uh, a ritual, it's usually, it's usually not the Lord. Charlie's got a question. Oh, is that a spirit? Is that what you're saying? Oh, okay. <laughs> so he didn't have a question. He was just, <laughs> all right, yeah. Charlie's calling y'all out right here in front of everybody. Um, when it goes to, I think somebody said oppression, but so people that are dealing with chemical imbalance, as a result of that chemical imbalance, are they giving themselves over to a bad spirit and those two inter interchangeably? Okay. <clears throat> Is that it? All right. Mass deliverance. Mass deliverance. Okay. Yeah, some of you weren't there when I kind of touched on this. That was just a couple people in leadership and our guests during revival. <clears throat> so Shri already knows where kind of where I'm at with that, but I, I'm pretty sure she thought that'd be good for us to hear. <laughs> All right, Any, anybody else before I, we jump in here? Yes, sir, Andrew. <laughs> Wait for the mic. <clears throat> um, okay, so the question that my wife has is, can you see demons with your spiritual eyes? Spiritual eyes, what did you say? Okay. I guess with your physical eyes and spiritual eyes, I guess. All right. 
Some of these people they call Karen, I think we're seeing demons with our physical eyes. <laughs> but no, I'm just playing. Anyway, all right, is that it? <clears throat> How do you know if someone needs deliverance? All right. All right. Spiritual warfare. Go with me to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. And let's, let's get started there. Ephesians chapter 6, we'll uh, read in the English Standard Version, and, um, and this will be, our, uh, be our, mm, our golden text. In fact, I highlighted it in gold just so that we would know it was our golden text. Uh, this is going to be our, our common uh, scripture throughout this thing. So this is, this is extremely important. Now, as we talk about this, some of you are going to, uh, you're going to recognize yourself in some of these things and you're going to have questions. Here's, here's the thing. We don't, you know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so we should have no fear when we think about evil spirits or when we talk about demon spirits or uh, anything that's associated with them. We should know this. We have more power than the devil. Uh, God is bigger than the boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla and the monsters on TV. Amen. And if uh, you were a kid and listened to Veggie Tales at all, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so Ephesians chapter 6. Let's start with uh, verse 13. Well, no, let's not, let's not start there. Verse 10. <clears throat> so... It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. <laughs> I could tell I was holding Isaac. I've got little marks on my glasses here. I usually keep them clean. I just forgot to wipe them before I got up. Uh, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Say, uh, say this with me. Say, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. So the first thing uh, I want to say just reading this verse of scripture is this. Uh, God never called us to be strong in the strength of our might. He told us to be strong in him and in the strength and in the power of his might. Amen. Now, if God told us to be strong in him and in the strength of his might, then guess what? That's achievable. That's attainable. That's something that we can accomplish. It's something that we can do. Uh, I think some people read that verse of scripture and they think, well, you know, that sounds great. I, I wish... It, you know, or some people will make this statement, easier said than done. Yeah, so we need to start saying it. Amen. Because before we ever get it done, we're going to have to, before, you, before your mountain, before your mountain moves, your mouth has to move. And so before you ever see your mountain move, your mouth will move first. And so we've got to, these things that we don't see working in our lives, instead of talking about how they don't work and giving, giving a, a bad confession and staying in that cycle of not seeing things work, we need to start saying what the word of God says. And I know, look, look at me, y'all, I know I go through the same thing y'all go through. You start saying it and you're like, I don't believe this at all. You know what? You say it enough, you'll believe it. Yes, sir. 
I can tell it to you over and over and over again, and you may never believe it. But if you start saying it to yourself, listen, some of you, you told you, you told people lies and you lied so much, you start believing your own lie. That's the kind of influence we have over ourselves is that we will, we will lie to ourselves and believe that lie. Well, you ought to start speaking the truth over yourself. When you start speaking the truth over yourself, you'll believe the truth. Amen. <laughs> but it says, be strong in the Lord, the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Um, so the, the devil, he has schemes. In other words, there is a, there's a battle. There's a fight. Look what it says in verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. In other words, we don't, we're, not, we're not fighting this fight that we fight in the natural. <clears throat> but against the uh, rulers, against the authorities, I'm, I'm reading this in the English Standard Version, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand firm, <clears throat> stand firm, Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, put uh, on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith uh, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that my words be given to me and open, uh, me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Amen. Amen. So, uh, <clears throat> so the Bible makes it clear there is a battle. There is a fight. Uh, verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities. Um, King James says this, against principalities and powers. Rulers uh, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Uh, King James says this, the rulers of the darkness of this world against uh, spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And uh, King James says against uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. So there is a battle. We, we, there is a spiritual battle. When did that battle start? Y'all know when that battle started? Huh? Yeah, amen. That, that battle started clear back in the beginning uh, of when, uh, uh, well, I say in the beginning of time, but to us, it'd be the beginning of to before man was created. Uh, Lucifer was an archangel, and uh, he got lifted up and got into iniquity. The Bible says he was perfect until iniquity was found in him. Uh, that iniquity being lawlessness, he desired something that was outside of the realm of God's plan for his life. And I know there's a lot of people that say that Satan fell as a result of pride, and pride certainly had something to do with it. But it was because the Bible says it clearly, uh, you were in heaven until iniquity was found in you. And it was that iniquity, it was that law. You know, it wasn't the pride that got Lucifer kicked out of heaven. It was the fact that he was 
that he desired to do something that was outside of the boundaries of what God had created him for. That's because that's lawlessness. That's iniquity. Iniquity is when you try to get outside of the boundaries of God's plan for your life. Uh, and it can be, as, it can be this simple. I mean, honestly, if God is offering joy and we reject joy for tears, when say, say we're in a service and, um, and, uh, people get to laughing in the spirit and they, they get to, they can start getting the joy of the Lord and everyone that yields to the spirit out of them is rolling joy. Well, when there, there's some people that are just like, well, you know, I'm just, I don't think there's anything to laugh about. So they end up, you know, offering the Lord tears instead of, instead of laughter. You know, that's iniquity. Because when God is offering laughter and joy, for us to go against what God is offering, to try to offer him something else, is iniquity. It's lawlessness. It's us doing things our way instead of his way. It's us thinking that we know better what to offer God. Amen. Are y'all here to be today? And see, a lot, of us, a lot of us don't understand. We're like, well, you know what? I got my own free will. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, if you keep doing things your way, it's going to take you uh, right to the place where people that do things their way go. We're not, we're not here to do things our way. We're here to do it his way. Well, well, Pastor Zig, it seems like that you get your way more than Well, maybe, you ever, you ever stop to consider that maybe uh, it's not going my way? Right. You know, because some people seem to think that I just like the way that everything is going and I like making the decisions that I make and I like for things to go the way that they are. And man, I sure wanted to pastor. This, this has been my most awesome dream ever, to pastor a church. I mean, it was my desire from the time I was, you know, from the time I was born to be a preacher. To do ministry full time. To pray. <laughs> to read the Bible. No, all these things are things that I didn't, I didn't have it in my will to do, but I had to bend my will to the will of the Father. Amen. And see, some people have never learned how to bend their will to the will of the Father. Amen. That's why David, when he wrote in a Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. That, that's really what he, you know, that wasn't a, that wasn't a, I mean, we say it and we th- we're like, bless the Lord, O my soul. And we're all emotional about it, you know, because, we're, and all that is within me. We, we think it's just us being emotional. No, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So what, here's what David was saying. Lord, I'm going to bless you with all my, certainly with all my emotions. But you know what? I'm going to change my thoughts into your thoughts. And I'm not going to allow myself to. I'm not going to allow myself to think contradictory to the way you think. And, and, and you know what? Um, I'm going to do your will instead of my will. And sometimes, you know what that looks like? Sometimes that means. That, um, that people that you don't like, they're going to get an idea that comes from heaven and they're going to get this idea that uh, was birthed out of the spirit, out of the mind of God. And I, I, I may be getting off on a little tangent here, but bear with me. This is good. Because I, I found this happening to me, you know, um, especially in the early days. I would, I would get around people. I'll give you an example of it. There was a woman in a, a, the church I was attending. The Lord had given me a word for somebody. It was, we were having intercessory prayer. 
And there's a group of people there praying before church. And we were in another room. We weren't in the sanctuary. We were praying. And um, there was a lady that was the head of intercessory prayer. And I didn't care for her too much. She seemed kind of uppity to me. You know, she always came to church all flashy, carried a nice purse, and seemed like she wanted everybody to see her. And, you know, that was my perception. I don't know if that was a reality or not. That was my perception. People like that rubbed me the wrong way. Now, it may not have even been true, but if she looked like it, you ever just look at someone and think, you know, put them in a category? Of course you haven't. Y'all are more saved than I am. But we've all done it, haven't we? And so my assumption of this lady was a certain, you know, I had this a certain idea. And so we're praying and during intercessory prayer, I get a word from God. I get a word from God for someone that's there. I look over a lady and the Lord, the Lord starts telling me stuff about her. So I end up making my way over there as I'm praying in tongues and I go to lay my hands on her and this woman who's the head of intercessory prayer runs over to where I'm at and grabs my hands and yanks them away from this woman. And, she's, and then she grabs both of my hands and puts them. Now listen, already I have certain idea about this woman. Now I'm not sure if it's right or not, but it's my perception. And your, your, your perception becomes your reality. Whether it's true or not, the way you perceive something becomes your reality. She grabbed both my hands, Brandon, and she, then she pointed her finger at me. That was another thing. When, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a young Hispanic male, and this is a very white woman. Now, this is early in my walk with God. And listen, when you grow up in a Hispanic household, you're racist. It's, it's, I mean, you're racist. And you have, you have to work it out. And I'm, work, I'm working it out in the name of Jesus. When this old white woman, she wasn't old, she's probably younger than I am right now. But anyway, uh, when she grabbed my hands and put her finger in my face, I was like, mm -mm, I know you ain't doing this. Because I ain't afraid to hit no woman. I mean, in my mind, I'm still wrestling with the old man. And back in the day, I'd knock you out. I didn't care if you was, I didn't care if you was a girl. If you, I remember one girl messed with me in the middle of math class. She got all up in my face. She's like, what you going to do? I just went, <laughs> knocked her plum out, man. Got kicked out of school for six weeks. <laughs> she never got in my face again. <laughs> I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you what happened. But she, that lady looked at me and she said this, Brandon. She said, I am the head intercessor and no one lays hands on anyone here but me. Well, you know, here's what you, here's what you start thinking. So the Lord, he can only use you and da-da-da-da-da-da. Now, see, this is, this is where we have an opportunity to either be lawless and in iniquity or to do things according to the word of God. Right. Now see, in our minds, we'll, we'll go through the, the, the negotiating process of how our offense is okay because we're right. We have a right to be offended. Guess, guess what? You know, the Bible doesn't make a distinction between offense that you have a right to and offense that you don't have a right to. In fact, the Bible puts all offense in the same basket. And you know what it says? Don't be offended. Because offense is the bait of Satan. Even if you have a right to be offended, come on, somebody. The, Bi the Bible says, the Bible says that we are to resist offense and that we are to get it straight. At all In fact, you know, I think Brother Trochel may have been the one that preached it, but 
He said this. He said, if you're praying and you realize that someone has something against you, you don't even have to have something against them. If they have something against you, leave that place of prayer and go make sure you got it straight with them. Listen, some of you all, some of you all in prayer and you're like, well, you know, too bad for them. I'm a pretty good friend. Sucks for them because, you know, they shouldn't feel that way. But I'm clean, Lord. Amen. But see, offense, offense, the Bible, the Bible speaks about it. We, Pastor Annie, she went into it deep uh, back in the day. So that was, that was early on in us being in this building. So uh, that, that wrestling match starts going on. Now, here's the thing. How do we then bless the Lord with all of our soul? See, it's in that moment that you got, your emotions got to get over there into being what God intends for them to be. Your, your mind, your mind, your mind has to go to thinking the thoughts that, are, uh, that are, align themselves with the word of God and are pleasing to the Lord. And your will, your will has to bend to the will of God and not your own will. Because if you, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't follow God's will, then you'll get off in iniquity and the lawlessness and it, and it gives place to the enemy. So she, she said that and then Brandon, she turned around and she said, now you just stay here. And she laid hands on this woman and she began to pray. Do you know the next thing she did? She began to tell that woman the same thing the Lord had told me. The exact same thing that I was going to tell her and pray with her about, it came out of this woman's mouth. Do you know I wasn't happy about it? I wasn't happy that the Lord got to tell. You know what? You'd think if we were really lovers of Jesus and wanted to do the work and the will of God, that if God spoke it through somebody else, we'd be like, oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You got your work done anyhow. No, I was like, you dirty. How can someone so nasty? How could someone so wretched and so miserable? Come on. Am I the only one that was? <laughs> no, man. She and she, man. The, and then you know what happened? The spirit of God fell. Nothing sucks more than God's spirit falling on something that you, you just knew God was against because he didn't include you. Well, I am preaching. <clears throat> so you know what I had to do? I had to bend my will to the will of... You know, that's probably the hardest part of that, is bending your will to the will of God. And you know what? It wasn't... None of that, none of that that transpired had anything to do with me. All God was trying to do was to get to that woman. All God was trying to do was to get to that woman. And you know what? I should have rejoiced that he got to my, I didn't leave. I would be lying to you if I told you I left there with great joy. No, it took me a few days to work it out. Yeah. Amen. But I got it worked out. Amen. You know, God, God showed me a lot of things. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure that that woman wasn't, as, uh, wasn't holier than I thought she was. But I, I had my ideas. So... <clears throat> When, it, when, when we're talking about uh, where this all started, it started with lawlessness. Do you know where we lose the battle as believers? We lose the battle when we're in iniquity, when we're in lawlessness, when our will doesn't align with the will of the Father.
when we're not doing what he wants us to do in spite of what we desire. See, some of us, we, we, we have a passion and we have a desire for things that are not evil, things that are godly. They're good and godly things. They're biblical. But some of us, we pursue those things and they're things that the Lord doesn't want us pursuing necessarily. There are other things that God wants us pursuing. For example, some of us will run after tears rather than joy. <clears throat> some of us, if we, we, prefer, we prefer certain... Uh, you know, certain music, certain things, uh, uh, certain things that happen in church and in uh, services and what, and we gravitate toward those things and we resist other things. Uh, we won't participate in anything uh, except for the things that we find pleasing ourselves. Well, you know what? That's lawlessness. And it's the very thing that got Lucifer kicked out of heaven. And it's a lot of the reason why God's people find themselves susceptible to the attack of the enemy and find themselves, uh, uh, the enemy being successful in the, in, the, uh, in the things that he desires to carry out against them. We become victims uh, to the enemy because of our unwillingness to align ourselves with God's will and God's plan and God's desires. Does that make sense? So the battle, the ba man entered into the fray of battle and entered into that spiritual warfare in the beginning, uh, it started with Eve and Adam. When, when a man fell and the deed of this earth was transferred over to Satan, you know, man, man carried the title deed to the earth up until the moment that he sinned. Oh, yeah. And when man sinned, man used to be the God of this world. But when man sinned, we, man turned the deed of the earth over to Satan and Satan became the God of this world. And he became the ruler over earth, the dictator of how the things of this world would go. And there was a prophecy that was given to Eve by God. And it was this. He said, he said there, you're, you're going you're gonna to endure this. You're going uh, you're, uh, you're to have to deal with a curse that has come upon this land. And then he said this to Eve. He said, uh, your seed, the heel of your seed is going to be bruised by the serpent, but your seed is going to crush his head. And that's when the fight began. That's when, that's when man entered into the fray of spiritual warfare and the fray of spiritual battle. Because God prophesied that he was going to use man to bring about the redemption of mankind to bring about a reconciliation between himself and man that he was going to use the seed of man to destroy the works and the powers of the devil. And from that moment on, we the enemies of God became our enemies. So listen, the devil doesn't hate you because you wear red, because you're a OSU fan, because you're OU fan. The, the devil don't hate you because you're a Texas fan, because you're, because you're a Cowboys fan. Some of y'all think y'all would learn. No, I'm just late. I'm just late. I'm just late. No, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the devil don't hate you because you go to church. The devil don't hate you because you read your Bible. 
The devil hates you because he hates God. The only reason the devil is your enemy is because of the God that you serve. You know what? The battle isn't really between us and the devil. It's between the Father God and the enemy. Amen. And it's a battle, according to Scripture, that was won 2,000 years ago when Jesus came, lived, died, rose again from the dead, and uh, took his place, seated at the right hand of God the Father in heavenly places. Amen. So, uh, and I know I'm, I'm, I have to, I have to kind of go, am I, am I, uh, uh, I am, I, I, I'm sure of it. I, I just want to make sure that I, uh, that I don't, I don't just assume that everybody knows these things. So, so you, so you have to understand this, just like, just like the, this war that's going on in Israel has to do with Isaac and Ishmael and an unwillingness for Abraham to stay out of iniquity. The battle that we are in, the spiritual battle that goes on in the church has the same sort. Listen, every battle in your life can be traced back to an unwillingness on your part to align yourself with the will of God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. See, so we, you don't even have to know the now. Now, here's the thing. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that yet. Um, we we we've got to we've got to we've got to make this. We've got to make this. Uh, if if we're gonna if we're going to if we're going to talk about spiritual warfare and having authority over the devil, then we've got to keep. This, this, this whole thing in the context of Scripture and the Bible. See, what happens is people get out of, they get out of the context of Scripture. They get out of the context of the Word of God. And now all of a sudden, you know, there's a whole lot of reasons why we're, we're battling with Satan and why we're going through what we're going through. And, and there's all these schemes that the devil has. And, and um, uh, kind of like what happened in our last presidential uh, um, election. Uh, Christians became so uh, wrapped up in the and uh, uh, Annie told me I should I should be clear when I say this stuff. Y'all y'all need to, I'm not a I'm not an anti-masker. I know when I refer to masks, I I talk when I say sometimes I'll say people be wearing face diapers. Listen, I'm I'm only saying that because I think it's funny and 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 because you know masks kind of remind me of a diaper only it goes on your face. But but here's the thing, I, I'm not an anti-masker. I'm not, honestly, I'm not. I don't, I personally didn't think they, uh, they, they did a lot of good. I still don't, I mean, you know, uh, that was just my, uh, my thought because, because of, you know, what, you know, what, uh, most medical professionals said and, and whatnot, they said it wasn't very, you know, wasn't very helpful. Um, so they said, well, let's wear more of them, you know, let's, let's wear three or four or whatever. Let's, let's just get a, you know, then people started going out in respirators and whatnot. But here's the, don't, here's the thing. If, if, if you wear a mask, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't care. I don't care if you wear, I don't care if you wear a diaper. I mean, some of you might need one. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to look at anybody right now. But anyway. (laughs) 
I don't, I don't care. I, uh, I, cause I know some people, um, they might, they might get uncomfortable because they're like, I oh, mean, I don't want pastor picking on me because I wore my, I'm not going to pick on you. I'm just, I'm, I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not anti-Trump. Because sometimes I say stuff and people are like, I don't think Pastor likes President Trump very much. Well, uh, former President Trump, I, I, could, I, don't, I don't know the man. I've never, what I know about him is what you know about him. And I can, only, I can only look at someone and judge their character based on their behavior. And, you know, I don't necessarily like his behavior. If he walked in the, if he walked in the room, I'd have a tremendous amount of respect for him. And I would treat him with more honor than what some people want to treat him. Because he is a former president of this nation. And I think that uh, just out of respect, we ought to honor those individuals for serving this country and you know maybe him more so because he didn't need the job I mean some of them come out of office and they are more rich than they ever were Donald Trump went out of office and he was poorer than he was when he went into office there's you know there's something to say about someone that'll be worth less money to serve in a position you know what I'm saying and so again now see that'll sound like I'm a because of the because the environment that exists that political environment that exists in our country, to some people that'll say, well, he's a Trumper. I see you, you trying to hide, but you're a Trumper. No, you're an idiot. That's what you are. You know, that, that, that's, that's the deal. Is we, see, what, 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 ha- what happened to the church, and this, this environment exists. Now, don't, again, don't, don't get all, don't get all uh, bent out of shape and, and crazy. Uh, I, I'm saying these things, but see, some people be like, well, where's he staying then? Because I don't want to say anything. St-. No, listen, stand wherever you're going to stand, but make sure that when you're standing, uh, wh- where you end up is on the word of God. Right. Not on some political agenda, not on the side of some political candidate, not on the side of some uh, a political party or government. You know, are, y'all, are y'all hearing me today? We, we, we belong to Jesus. But see, when the church began to think that God actually cared more about the American presidential election, <laughs> I, actually, I actually heard people, I heard, there was a woman that prayed and she said, Lord, send them angels from Africa to come and to help fight the battle for our country. I was like, no, you better leave them African angels in Africa. <laughs> Y'all done messed up bringing the Africans over here. Now you're trying to get the angels up over here? Leave, leave that alone. Them African angels are busy. <laughs> I don't know if any of y'all ever been to Africa, but listen, them angels are plenty busy, and what they're busy with has way more to do with things that are of greater importance than, a, than an American presidential election. <laughs> but see, when you, when you, when you, when you get the, when you get it, when you get your, uh, when you get outside of the word of God, then you begin to form ideas that entertain things that, go, that will literally go against Scripture. But you'll validate yourself based on the majority of, you know, the majority of the church joined into that nonsense. And everybody said, well, it must be God because the majority of the church is a part. And if everybody's doing it, I might as well do it too. You know, de- deliverance and, and the way deliverance is going nowadays. <laughs> 
You know, there's a, there's a way that people are going and the majority rules. No one, no one bothers to even look and f- figure out whether it's scriptural or not, what's happening. And so, so we got we to gotta look at scripture. We got to look at the Bible. And when we look at the Bible, this, this, this is exactly what the Bible teaches. You know what? You'll, you, have, uh, you have more power than the devil. You have more power than the devil. Now, if you have more power than the devil, why is it that he seems to be such a nuisance then in your life? <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to, listen, I'm break it down to you. This is so simple. It's not easy. It's simple. It's very simple. You can, tra- you can trace every battle that you're having with Satan. You can trace it back to an unwillingness on your part to align yourself with God's will and God's plan for your life. At some, at some place in your life, you got into iniquity. You got into lawlessness. You decided to do things your way instead of God's way. It's what got Adam and Eve kicked out of the Garden of Eden. It's what got Lucifer kicked out. Do you, do you, all, do you all realize that that's what got Adam and Eve kicked out of the Garden? It was lawlessness. It was, it was their desire to do something outside of what God had told them. You know what? God told them they could have. There's only one thing God told them not to do. One thing. There was one thing that God told them not to do. And do you know what they went and did? They went and they got into iniquity. They decided to do things their way instead of God's way. Now, there are a lot of reasons why we do that. Do you, do, you know why, do you know why Eve decided to do things her way instead of God's way? Man, we ought to read the story. Should we read the story? <laughs> Go to the book of Genesis. <laughs> Am I meddling too much in here, Mama? All right, raise it up. <clears throat> now, I, again, I think I put out there that we were going to talk about spiritual authority. Uh, there are lots of people interested on Faceplant. I mean, Facebook. <laughs> anytime, anytime. When I was when I did that that a series on demons and how to deal with them and and uh, the origin and operation, everyone was interested. Everybody wanted the live video. Everybody wanted the recordings. People are interested. Of course, usually a lot of times people are disappointed because I don't I don't get off into. I, I, I don't get off into, uh, uh, I don't get off into excesses. I, tr- I do my best to stay in the boundaries of the word of God. And there, there are some people, and I, and I know this is a part of what the Bible says will happen in these last days, but there are some people that are so willing to get outside of the boundaries of scripture when it comes to anything manifestations of the Holy Ghost, demon spirits, deliverance, healing, miracles, um, praise and worship, the prophetic, apostolic order, things of that nature. There are so many people that are so willing to do things and to embrace things that you won't find in the Bible. Man, I went to a ceremony where someone was being inducted into the apostleship. I was like, just the fact that you're having a service to apostolize somebody is unscriptural. 
you don't choose apostles. You're either chosen to be. Listen, that person didn't become an apostle because you gave them a piece of paper and tapped them on the shoulder with a sword and put a robe on them. The, the, this, but but we we give we. It's almost like there's something about that. Maybe it has to do with our flesh. Anyway, someone tell me where the story is of Adam. What where where we start? Is it chapter chapter three? Chapter three. You can tell I took a lot of notes here and was prepared. <clears throat> chapter three, verse one. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman. Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the tree. Uh, the, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden or in the middle of the garden. And here's where Eve got off. She says, neither shall you touch it lest you die. See, man, man was getting off right from the beginning. Do you know God never said nothing to them about touching it? I'm surprised she didn't say, Lord said, don't touch it, don't smell it, don't even look at it. <laughs> now, that might have been a good idea, but that's not what God said. What did God say? He said, don't eat it. God said, don't eat it. God said, don't eat it. You know what? When God says, don't eat it, go, don't, don't go telling everybody, listen, don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't smell it. Don't, you have to, uh, thus says the Lord, don't build thy house within a, a hundred miles of that tree. Otherwise you will die. That's not what the Lord said. But you know what? Eve had to have heard that from somewhere. Well, who was the one that God gave the instruction to? Adam, Adam, you know, Adam probably thought it was a pretty good idea. I'm going to help keep Eve out of trouble. I'm going to tell her the Lord said, don't eat it and don't touch it. Because she'd be touching everything. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> that might not have been how it went down. But, but, you know, you can only imagine. Come on now. I mean, how, ma how many times have we done that? We, and it's not, it's not like we were doing it for Eve. Adam meant no evil by it, but it begins to open up a door and set a standard that God didn't set. It's simple. God said, don't eat it. Can I touch it? I reckon you can, but it's probably not a good idea. Because if you go to touching it, you might want to eat it. You might go to licking your fingers afterwards. You might find it to be finger licking good. We know that don't work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't even touch it lest you die. Next, next verse. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Next verse. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Do you know that wasn't a lie? Do you know that what, what, what the serpent told Eve wasn't a lie? Yeah. 
that when they ate from that tree, it was going to give them insight that they didn't have. They were going to see things differently than the way that they, in fact, they would be like God. They would be able to know things that God knew that they weren't privy to and they weren't aware of. Do you know it's not always good to know everything? You know, there are some, there are some, uh, there are some folks in this church, uh, every, every time we go to have a, uh, a, uh, every time we go to open up the door for a leadership meeting or I'm not leadership meeting for a, uh, deacon training, uh, where we talk about uh, the opportunity for people to be able to become deacons and things of that nature. Um, there are a lot of people that go to thinking, man, I, I sure would love to be a leader in this church. Now, here's the thing. If you become a leader in this church, you're eating of a fruit that is going to cause you to see things you have never seen before and hear things you have never heard before and be privy to things you have never been privy to. Listen, you're going to see people in a different way than you ever dreamed or imagined they were. You're going to hear them speak in ways you've never heard them speak before. You're going to see them act in ways you never, you never saw them act before. You're going to find out that there's, there's something in them that is altogether, amen, altogether different than their Facebook posts. When you went to Koinonia with them, that, well, I went to Koinonia with these people. I didn't know, my God. Because when, when you get into a position of leadership, all of a sudden you're dealing with people on a deeper level. And so now you're, you're seeing things that not everybody sees. You know, some of you are better off not knowing those things about other people. Because some of you weren't built to know those things. Some people can't handle knowing those things. Can I talk about you, Anna, for a minute? Uh-oh. She's like, uh-oh. Can I talk about you for a second, Anna? <clears throat> Anna, Anna, at one time, Anna, um, we asked Anna to serve in a, in a position uh, as a deacon in our church. Well, it wasn't her that we asked. It was... It was uh, her former significant other. And um, we had asked uh, him to, we were trying to help him to discover God's purpose, God's plan for his life, God's design. And so we had him serve in a place of, uh, of uh, as a deacon. And really, I, the reason I brought up Anna is because Anna was the one that ended up really kind of serving in that position. Because uh, turns out he wasn't equipped to do it. So anyway, uh, but, you know, that's, that's how you figure, sometimes figure those things out. Other times, that's not how you figure it out, but we figured it out. Well, Anna, you know, they had committed to serve for a certain amount of time. I think it was six months. And Anna was the one who was serving in that position. But I remember one time talking with Anna, and she's like, Pastor, why can't I get anyone to respond to my requests for help? And when I do get people to help, why do they lie to me and tell me they're going to show up at 6 and they don't show up till 7.30? And why, when they make a commitment to do something to help, do they call me 10 minutes after they're supposed to be there and say, I'm just calling to let you know I ain't going to make it? 
I'm, I'm, we had now, now listen. Anna's like, man, I didn't know you was going to share this. I'd have told you not to. <clears throat> now, Anna, Anna all of a sudden began to be aware of something she was never aware of before, that there's a bunch of flaky people at Winter's Church. I mean, that's, and now listen, don't give, I'm not, that's not a true statement. But you, <laughs> a lot of flaky people. No. That's, that's not a true statement. There aren't a lot of flaky people at Winter's Church. Unless, unless you're looking at things through a, you know, a skewed perception. We don't have a lot of flaky people at Winter's Church. We got a bunch of uh, normal Christian people that are working it out at Winter's Church. But you know what? Sometimes you don't realize where people are, are lacking until you're put in a position like Anna was in, and all of a sudden now she sees it. Now, you know what? Some people are equipped to be able to look at people and see what God sees in them and not see their shortcomings. You know, as your pastor, I've seen some of y'all go through, listen, I've seen some of y'all go through some stuff you lost friends over. Oh, yeah. Some of y'all, your family ain't even talked to you no more. But I'm looking around this room, and I'll be honest, I'm going to be straight up front with every one of y'all. I'm looking, and this isn't, this isn't a pet, I'm not trying to uh, uh, rip off my arm to pat myself on the back, because this, this is not something that is of a natural origin. It, this isn't something that comes natural to me. Because in the natural, I'm like you are. If someone doesn't measure up, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm just like, But you know, my ideas and my opinions of, of, of you all that are here have never, even people that have left, my opinions and my ideas of those people have never changed. For some reason, I can still see that God has something for those people. Now, they may, they may not be a part of, of this fellowship. They may not be a part of this body. But God still has a plan for their life. And there's something that God has. There's, there's, there's something of great value to be able to look past the difficulties that people have and still see the goodness of God and what God is capable of doing. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So what the, what the, what the enemy said to, to Eve was, was true. You're going to see something like you've never seen. Do you know, do you know why Eve uh, chose something outside of God's will rather than what God said? Because the enemy made her believe that she was missing out on something. Boy, I am, I am teaching here today. The enemy, the enemy, here's, here's essentially what the devil said. Do you know why God don't want you having that tree? Because you're missing out. You're, he's keeping something from you. There's something that God is withholding from you. Some of you all, you, man, the minute you believe you, something's being withheld from you, you want it. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody keeping nothing from me. I'm going to get mines. Yeah, what if it ain't yours? What if, what if, what if that's not what God has for you? 
See, sometimes the will of God will keep you from what you want. Sometimes the will of God will keep you from... Sometimes God's plan and God's will for your life will keep you away from things that are good and that are godly, but they're not yours. It's not a part of His plan for your life. Do you know many of us, our, our life would take on a whole different look and a whole different nature. If we would deal with that, if we would start dealing with that right there, just that, if we will start there, where in my life is my life in, not in alignment with what God's plan is for my life? Where, where, where have I gone wrong? Where have I, you know what, for, for, for most of us, ooh, how do I say this and not get in trouble? I, I know y'all say that, but See, see, most of us believe that God is... Con- Some of you believe this about me. Some of you believe that I'm more concerned with your tithe paying, your offering giving, your church attendance, your uh, not drinking, not smoking, not cheating, not stealing, not, you know, sexual pervert. Do you know that those things are not the things that God is concerned about the most in your life? It's not those kinds of sins that keep us out of the plan of God. Because you can eat too many donuts (laughs) and it not really, you you can eat a bunch of donuts and you're not really opening up the door to an an evil spirit. Of course, you know, some people say, yeah, but you get off in that sexual perversion and you open yourself up to an evil spirit. I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, it depends on, it depends on your heart and the motive of your heart and what's going on in the depths of your being. But you know, it's not the, it's not those things that God is the most concerned. Do you know what he's most concerned about? You doing what he created you to do. You fulfilling the purpose for which you were created. You coming into alignment with his plan. Boy, listen, I know I know. Th- this sounds like I'm just trying to mesh this in with what the Lord told me at the beginning for our, for, of the year for our job. But you know what? I, it, I, I didn't. I, I didn't. That's not what I'm trying to do. It's just, it's just it is what it is. It is what it is. And so if you can, if you can take it down to the very basic, uh, what, are you, what, what has God created you for? For what purpose were you manufactured? And where, where in your life have you moved away from what God said and began to be moved and motivated by your own will and your own desire? And your own feelings. What was it that came, that crept in, that caused that to happen? Was it pride? You know, sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes it's pride. We think so much of ourselves that, and, and we think so much of our reputation and this idea that we have of ourselves. It's so elevated that um, we're going to make decisions that are based on maintaining some kind of... Uh, idea that we have of ourselves some of the decisions we make are based on our insecurities a desire for us to you know what 
I'm going to tell you something. If you're a private person, um, it, it, you're not really a private person. That, that whole idea, well, I'm just a private person. I just don't like everybody up in my business. No, you're fearful that people are going to look into your life and they're not going to find you as attractive as you think that they find you now because they're going to see things in your life that, are, that, uh, that you know are not good and you don't want to have to face that. Right, right. Um, no, I'm just an introvert. Yeah, that's why you're an introvert. Because it's hard for you to deal with rejection. Because you think if anybody sees you for who you are, they're not going to like you. The minute you get over there, you know what the enemy does? He starts lining people up to validate that. Come on now. He'll send, people, he'll send people around you to validate that. People that will look, people that will, re, they'll, they'll reject you. You know, uh, Ted, when I, can, I, can I bring you into this now, Ted? Oh, yeah. yeah. When, Ted, when, Ted, when I first met Ted, I think within the first 15 minutes of meeting Ted, I already wanted to pick on him. Oh, yeah. It was weird. He was a stranger to me. And within 15 minutes, I'm making little comments that are jabs. That now, now it's not a, in, they're not intended to hurt. It just seemed like he was the type of person that entertained that. Well, you know, as we became friends and, and, uh, and he, we hung out together, I, I noticed something. Everyone that met Ted within the first 10 minutes of meeting him all of a sudden thought it was okay to start picking on him. And one day I, I had a conversation with Ted. I said, Ted, I noticed that everyone always wants to pick on you. You know what, his, you know what he said? It's been that way all my life. Been that way all my life. And you know what? It had an impact on Ted. It had an impact on Ted's self-worth. It had an impact on his confidence. It had an impact on his ability to believe God and to believe that God would use him or could use him or even wanted him. Isn't that right, Ted? You know, after, after he and I have been hanging out for 30-something years and, and we've been through all kinds of stuff together. Ted, Ted, and, and I'm not just putting Ted in this category. Ted and I both still wrestle with, listen, folks, if Ted and I are still wrestling with this and we've been at it for as long as we have, you're going to still wrestle with it too. Some people sit around and act like, well, he ain't talking to me. Oh, no, I am all up in your Kool-Aid. Every one of you are in this. There's nobody here that is exempt from what I'm talking about. Nobody. So don't try to pretend like this ain't your subject. 
it's spiritual warfare. We are in a battle. But see, the battle, the battle isn't over. <laughs> the, the battle isn't over trying to destroy a church, trying to break, necessarily trying to break up friendships or whatever. See, we we bring it to uh, uh, friendships being broken. But the enemy's really coming between me and Anna. No, that's not what, listen, that's not what the devil's trying. The devil could care less about you and Anna. It's something, it's about something greater. Can I tell something, Ted, that just happened just last week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, I know it's a little sad. I, Ted, you're, I, I, you're my friend. I, I won't. If you don't want me to, I won't. Now go ahead, All right. Yeah, because I went through. He did. Ted did. Uh, but you know what? In, in the natural, I understand why. I understand why. So, Ted, before we start revival, and you know, you, you'd think we would be like, you know, revival, we're getting, we're getting ready to have revival. Uh, I, we better get ready. Because, you know, then he's going to try. Because we're not going to be about our own business. We're going to be about the business of the Father. So Ted and I had a discussion. I'm not going to get into the, the deep parts of it. But anyway, Ted and I had a discussion. And after having this discussion... I knew the potential was there for Ted to have hurt feelings. But I have, I, have to, I have to continually make sure that Ted and Debbie both understand this. I love them. We wouldn't be here without Ted and Debbie. This church would not be here if it wasn't for these two people sitting on the front row of the church. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. I, this, this man here, I owe him in the natural and in the spirit. He's he's like Brad, Pat, Brad, Pastor Ziggy. You're going the Lord. He's he. When you get to heaven, you're gonna have such a high. I'm like, bro. I'm gonna be. I'm going to be the handler of your crown. You know, your crown is gonna be so large. It's go, there's gonna be me and, and several other people just propping it up on you. You're gonna be like your crown gonna be like a Macy's Day float. You're gonna have to have a group of people walk around heaven just to keep it just to keep it straight on your head. I don't, again, it may not be that, but you know what? Uh, honestly, that's, that's, the way I, that's the way I feel. But you know what? <laughs> that was a Sunday, that first Sunday of revival. Ted didn't come to church because he was offended with me. He was mad at me. Yes. Ted was mad. Now, now, now listen, here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> if, if, you, if you do that at this church, people will pick up on it. People will pick up on it. Ted said when he came, finally did come to church, which was on Monday, someone said, hey, I thought you left the church. And he's like, now. <laughs> you know, leave it to someone at Winter's Church to get you right when you walk in the door. <laughs> of course, every, no mercy. Everybody can dish it out. But when you got to take it, man, it's rough. <laughs> it's all good when you're on the, when, when someone else is on the receiving end. But Ted, Ted, Ted been offended, and he had hurt, and he was struggling. You say, Pastor, why was he why was he struggling? Well, because there was things that were happening that were outside of his will. And outside of his desires, oh, yeah. 
Honestly, they're outside of my desires. If I had my rathers, I'd, you know what? If I had my rathers, I'd rather them be occupying the same position they always have. But you know what? That's not the case. That's, that's not what the Lord has planned for this season. Here's what, the, here's what the devil will tell him. You're useless. You are of no value. <laughs> Same thing. You know what? Some of y'all are alive. I asked the question, but how many of you would tell the truth? How many of you have heard the exact same thing from the exact same devil? You take it up with Sheree later. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You give her a cookie later, right? <laughs> I still wish I had. I know, I hear you. You know why I said that? All of us are, are y'all hearing me? All of us are susceptible. You know what? Ted realized his, uh, his, his uh, transgression. He didn't want to come to church on Monday. But he, you know what? He bent his will. That's, when you do this long enough, you learn how to bend your will to the will of God. You learn how to lean into the will of God. And some of you are like, I thought we were going to talk about spiritual warfare. We are. <laughs> we are. Because this is, this is where it all, this is where the battle began. It began with Lucifer. Making Eve believe that she was missing out on something. You know, that's why many people get their drawers in a bunch in churches all over this, all over this country. Because they believe they're missing out on. So, hey, you know what? All the things we're missing out on. Boy. Listen, there's some stuff you don't even want to know you're missing out on. I'm going to tell you right now. You're better off not knowing. Lord, that's right. You're, you're better off not knowing. Because those aren't things that the Lord has necessarily called you to give yourself to. So this battle that we're fighting, this, this uh, battle with, uh, with the enemy. So he says, uh, God knows when you eat, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Next verse. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. And you know he was going to. Well, we do, we listen, we do lots of stuff. Lots of stupid stuff. <laughs> then the eyes of both were open. And they knew that they were, <laughs> what's the first thing there? You know what? God knew they was naked. 
Now all of a sudden they are seeing like God. Now they know they're naked. Up to that point, they had no idea. I mean, no idea. So they sewed some fig leaves together, put on themselves loincloths. They was naked and afraid. That's where that show came from right there. Next verse. <laughs> and, they, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So they ran from God. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where, where are you? Next verse. He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid. See, naked and afraid. <laughs> and I was afraid because I was naked and I, I, and I, and I hid myself. Next verse. <laughs> he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? There you go. The man said, It's the woman. First he blames it on her. And then he says, that you gave me. You know, man always wants to put the blame. Amen. Remember Flip, remember, anybody remember Flip Wilson? Yeah, we, y'all remember, that, that was way, that was ages ago. Flip was, you know what he used to say in every program he had? The devil made me do it. Man has always looked for an opportunity to blame the devil, to blame someone else, to even blame God. The reality is, is that iniquity and lawlessness comes out of the heart of each individual. And so we as God's people, the first thing, so to, to win the battle spiritually, the first thing we have to be willing to do is to, be, listen, before you ever open up your mouth to name the name of an evil spirit, <laughs> listen to what I'm going to tell you. Listen, before you go, start going after Jezebel, before you start going after Leviathan, before you start going after Yerachladon, before you start going... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, before you start going after all of these, these spirits, before you go after a spirit of perversion, before you go after a spirit of foolishness, before you go after uh, a, a spirit of witchcraft, before you go after all these spirits that people name, before you even get on the road to calling out some evil spirit, the first thing you have to do is align your will with the will of the Father. Because you know what? You're going to have some effect on evil spirits if you go to calling them out. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. But that's not, that's not, that's not any guarantee that your life is going to be made any better. If you're not willing to align yourself with the will of God and get out of iniquity. Boy, has this helped anybody here today? I know I've already gone over the time here. but um, And I didn't address not one of those questions y'all asked me. <laughs> But I had, I had good intentions. You know, I did. Uh, I, 
God knows I tried. Amen. And we will, uh, uh, so this is be our subject here for a while. Um, what was that that you said? Next, 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 uh, I'm sorry, I'll give you the word. The, uh, go ahead. Could you repeat that one more time? Is this for the individual that's praying over, or, or is it you're praying over someone else? Can you make that clear? <laughs> Both. <laughs> okay, um, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, uh, I th I think we 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 have to start. Here, here's the thing: the many times we want to we want to go we want to throw ourselves into the foray of of spiritual warfare and fighting a spiritual battle. Listen, there, there's a there's a battle that needs to be won, definitely. Um, but the battle that the Bible talks about every believer winning first is the battle within the, the, their own selves with their, uh, in fact, let's let, before we quit, let's read another verse of scripture. Go to second Corinthians chapter 10, second Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> go to verse one, Joe. And I'll tell you where to go from there. Next verse. Next one. Verse 3, it says this. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. And again, same as, same as what we read over there in Ephesians. It's the same as what we read in Ephesians. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. This verse is saying the same thing. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. In other words, this battle that we were fighting, we're not going to fight and win in the natural. Next verse. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strong. In other words, again, Ephesians, be strong in the Lord and in the strength and in the power of of his might, all right? So the battle is going to be won, not in our strength. Some people are like, I'm going to go on a fast. Listen, go ahead and eat if the Lord didn't lead you. If the Lord ain't leading you on a fast, all you're going to be is hungry. And what, what good is all the fasting going to do unless you're aligning yourself with the will of the Father? So when you go on a fast, you ought to go on a fast with this in mind. I'm going on a fast, and this is what a fast is. You can never fast for somebody else. I'm going on a fast for Carolyn. Go ahead and eat. Your fast ain't going to do Carolyn a bit of good. I'm, I'm going to fast for revival at church. Your fasting don't help revival at church. Well, we're going on a church-wide fast so we can start the year out right, and, and we're fasting for the church. And no, the reason why you're depriving yourself of food is because the fast is for you personally. Right. Now, can it have an impact corporately? Absolutely. But you have to bring it down to, again, I'm trying to help you all to, uh, to be the most effective. You have to bring it down to the simplest form. Fasting is for the individual. Do you know what fasting is for? You're, you're, you're bringing your flesh under subjection. You're telling your body, I know you want to eat, but I ain't letting you eat. This, this is me. This is me. The real me. This is the spirit me. 
You know what your, your emotions be like? Oh, listen, girl, you can't do this. You feel weak. This ain't healthy. Remember that? Remember that? Remember that TikTok? Remember that reel you watched? This ain't even healthy. You, 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 you can fast for about 24, 28, 29, 32 hours, but then you got to eat a little something. You go get you some broth. <laughs> then, you, then, you, then, you're, then you're Googling it. And you find in Google, different people fast different stuff. Reuben should have fasted Twinkies while he was here. Then we go to fast in Facebook, fast in television, fast in radio. Fa I'm, I'm fasting country music. I'm only listening to Christian music. Well, that's probably a good idea all the time. <laughs> I mean, I was listening to some country music that Annie was playing, and some chick was yelling, hell yeah. I'm like, hell no. You don't want hell as hell. No, heaven, yes. Amen. I'm not, I'm not cussing up here, but anyway. <laughs> but see, let me tell you something. Fat, fasting is for yourself. To bring your flesh under subjection. To let yourself know I'm in control. My spirit is in control. Longer, longer you fast, the more you bring your flesh under subjection. So it has, it has benefits. But this whole thing about fasting for the church or fast for somebody, you, you can't do that. But when you go on a fast, you have to have it in your heart that whatever is happening in that fast, that bringing down of your, bringing under subjection of your flesh, that, that what it's saying is, I'm going to align my will with the will of the Father. Oh, yeah. My life is his life. Now his ways become my ways. And his thoughts become my thoughts. Instead of eating food, I'm going to consume his word. You know, that's my grandmother. I went on a fast one time. My grandmother said, she, man, she swept me straight the first day. First thing I woke up, I took me a drink of water. She's like, hmm. I was like, you have water on a fast? She said, first thing you was thinking about. First thing you ought to be thinking about is Jesus. Uh, now, listen, she's, she is Puerto Rican, so she is a little, you know, strict. Of course, she had some coffee. I'm like, mm. <laughs> did you did y'all's grandma go? Hmm. Yes, it's a Puerto Rican thing. She looked at me. She go, hmm. That's all she had to say. That that means you're an idiot. <laughs> but th but then I was like, well, so tell me how are you supposed to fast. She said, well, you get up first thing you do is pray. You give your day to God. You give your day to God. She said, time, you're, time you would give yourself to breakfast, you get, you get in the word of God. Then after that, you pray some more. Then at lunchtime, instead of eating food, you get, get in the word of God. And you pray until dinner. Then at dinner time, you get in the word of God. I said, well, when can I drink water? She said, when you ain't thinking about it. When you don't, you don't, you don't get it because you want it. You get it because you need it. Now, I, I finally understood what she was talking about. 
What she, what she was saying is you're still giving in to your own desires. Now, now I'm not going to be strict. I'm not going to be that strict with y'all. You, you understand? You, you, you work it out you between you and the Lord. But here's what you got to know more than anything. Align your will with the will of God. Align your will with the will of God. Make his plan your plan. Because when you get in alignment with God's plan, it opens up the door for the supernatural. So uh, let's finish reading this. Oh, I'm already late. Um, am I okay to go a little late since we didn't have church Sunday? Oh, yeah. uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So it's a spiritual thing. We just, and look what it says. What are we destroying, Jasmine? We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion. Now, where are these arguments at? In you. Where are these opinions raised? In you. That are raised against the knowledge of God. And take every thought captive to obey Christ. See what I'm talking about? See what I mean? that, that means, glory to God, hallelujah. Do you, know that you, do you know that if you will obey Christ? Oh, I'm not going to say that because it make it sound self-serving. If you, if you obey Christ, you're going to go to church. And not just when it's exciting. When it's challenging. When that one brother you don't like is invited and he's coming. When that one sister's preaching that you don't really care to hear. Y'all know how many messages I get, Pastor, are you preaching this week? Who's preaching? When I'm gone, who's preaching? Well, we haven't decided yet. Can you let me know? Yeah, we'll let you know just before they come up. See, why are we doing that? Well, because we're leaning into our own stuff, our own. You, you know that there might, you might could glean something from somebody that you don't like. Next verse. Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So that's where spiritual warfare starts. Spiritual warfare starts in the mind and in the heart of each individual. <clears throat> and out of that will come, uh, out of that the Lord will have you deal with other things. Uh, things in others, things in your own life, maybe evil spirits. <clears throat> Maybe demonic strongholds. The Lord won't wait until you got everything straight before he starts using you. Listen, when I, when, 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 I, when I first realized there was even a spirit realm and there was spiritual warfare going on, it was at a youth service. Of course, I'd been trying to align my will. And it wasn't too hard for me to align my will with the will of God at that time because I was, I was a teenager. I was living with my grandparents. I didn't have... <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have a car payment. I didn't have a, a, a job. I didn't have a family. Um, I didn't have children. It was just me. Me and me going to school. You know, uh, it can't be any easier than that. And so when you're, when you're in that kind of an environment, it becomes a lot easier in that environment to, to, to align your will with the will of God. And so, of course, I was constantly trying to align my will with the will of the Father. And one day I went to church, and that day when I went to church, all of a sudden the Lord opened up the realm of the Spirit, and I began to see into the realm of spirits, and I saw an evil spirit working in the life of, of an individual that was in our church. And the way that it manifested was uh, very unusual in a very supernatural way. Well, I'd only been born again for about three or four months. I hadn't been saved very long, but I ended up, that day the Lord taught me how to cast out devils. It's a very supernatural encounter. I'll share it with you maybe uh, throughout one of these times. I'll, I'll share exactly what happened. It was a very supernatural encounter. But I do, I do remember this. I do remember the happenings. I remember there were women in that church that when people began to manifest demons and be, they began to uh, uh, exhibit uh, this uh, behavior that showed they were demon-possessed, uh, uh, there were women in the church, they start pouring oil on people. I mean, they was pouring oil down their throats. They're like, go ahead, go ahead. Get it. <laughs> Catch it. <laughs> That's what they were saying. Go ahead. Get it. Catch it. You know, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're thinking that somehow by pouring uh, extra virgin olive oil down someone's throat, devil's going to come. No, you're going to drown that person <laughs> if you're not careful. You know, I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to cleanse their gallbladders, what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to they're sit on a toilet later that night and they're going to be uh, healed of gallstones. <laughs> You drink oil like that, them gallstones will leave you. <laughs> it's a home remedy for gallstone removal. But anyway, I remember this one guy, he's, he's there and there, and, and then somebody else got a Bible, and they're like, en el reprendo a Satanás, reprendo, I mean, they're pound. every time they're, they're, they're rebuking the devil, they're rebuking Satan, and every time they say, I rebuke you, Satan, he's getting a whack in his forehead with this Bible. <laughs> I was like, something's about to come out of him. I'm not sure it's an evil spirit, but I mean, this, these are all the things that are going on. And then some people are saying he, he had a uh, Playboy bunny uh, uh, <laughs> necklace. Someone said, I, I feel like that if he keeps that necklace on, that that spirit's going to have a, a right to stay. You know what? We will try all kinds of crap when we're in the flesh. When we, when we haven't aligned ourselves with the will of the Father, we'll try all kinds of nonsense. So you know what? There, someone not knowing any better ripped that chain right off of his neck and ran out to church and threw it in the street. And you know what? He was none the better. All the oil, all the wax in the head with the Bible, the, the ripped off uh, chain, Playboy bunny chain, and he is still, I'm not coming out. That spirit's still talking to us. We're like, Dave, Dave's not here. <laughs> oh, I'm serious. That thing is like, Dave, we know you in the name of you. Shut up, devil. Uh, Dave, me and Dave, we're out drinking beers. That's what that spirit tells us. The church is on fire. It's on fire. Y'all need to get out of here. 
That thing was telling us all kinds of stuff. And you know, and some, pe- and some people, some people were like, we better check around the church. You know, it's, it would be like the devil to cause a fire. It's like, listen, you can't deal with the enemy in that way. You, you can't. It was, it was persistence that made that spirit turn loose of that guy. We, pers- we was there till three in the morning. You are coming out in the name of Jesus. I'm going to wear you out. You ain't wearing nobody out. I'm, I ain't got no place else to be. I don't have a job. It's summertime. We don't have to go to school. I can be here all night in Jesus' name. I will wear you out. Finally, that thing, I don't even remember what it was. I think the Spirit of God said something, and all of a sudden, that one word from God changed everything. That Spirit came out of that guy. And when he he came to, he was like praying in tongues. Pastor pastor, pastor, Pastor prayed with him to receive Christ. He started praying in tongues. He went home. I called him the next day. I was like, Dave, what happened, man? He's a Puerto Rican dude. He's from New York. He's like, man, I don't know. He said, I woke up this morning. He said, I was all greasy, like a piece of chicken. <laughs> he said, he said, I was like a chuleta. He said, I was like a, I was like a pork chop. <laughs> he said, all I needed was a side of rice. He said, that's all I needed. He's like, bro, what happened? How did I get so greasy? I said, man, they was pouring oil on you, bro. I said, they was putting it down your throat. <laughs> I said, dude, what happened? He said, I don't know, man. He said, he said all I remember, and he said, he's in broken English telling me this. He says, all I remember, he said, is, is he said, I saw, I see, he said, I, I was just blacked out like I was on it. I just didn't remember. He said, all of a sudden, I saw a little, a little, a pin of light. And it started to grow. And he says, and as the light got brighter, he said, out of the light flew a dove. He said, and the dove stopped in front of me and it put its wings like this to where the air of the wings was hitting them. And he said, when the air of the wings hit him, he said, all of a sudden he opened his eyes and there was Pastor T. And Pastor T said, pray this with me. And he said, I said the prayer with him. And he said, and all that darkness, he said, left me. And he said, and I got filled with this. And he's speaking in tongues on the man. He's getting it. He's like, I mean, he's praying in tongues. Pastor T called us in that afternoon to rebuke us. Well, it wasn't us. It was me. (laughs) For casting out devils. He believed that all the reason this happened was because I still had evil spirits. And I had conjured this up by by the devil. But anyway... <clears throat> he, was, he was trying to rebuke me, and he said, you know, we got we to gotta be careful how we do these things. You know, poor, poor Dave here, and he put his arm around Dave, and Dave was like, and 
Dave went off in tongues. He, 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 he put his hand on Pastor T because Pastor T quit when he started talking. He quit talking. And we, start, we all started praying in the spirit, all, the, all of us youth. And, and, and Dave's praying in tongues. He turned to Pastor T. Here's a guy who was demon-possessed the day before. He, he's praying in tongues over Pastor T. He gets done praying in tongues. Pastor T's about ready to say something. And Dave goes to prophesying over him. I'm going to bless you, son. My spirit is going to come upon you and I'm going to anoint you and this church is going to be blessed because I put my hand upon you and the word of God is going to be preached and many are going to grow and going to, here's a guy that was demon possessed the day before. Now he's prophesying over this pastor by the spirit, the anointing of God flowing through him. And so this battle that we're in, it's God didn't create you to fight for a long time. That's why some of y'all tired. Because when God created you, he didn't create you to fight for a long time. You're not built for it. You're, you're too fragile. You're just like a, you're a skin bag filled with bones and blood. Ask anybody at work in the medical field. It don't take much to take us out. I mean, you be on a motorcycle, you hit something, that's it. You're done. You're a mustache on the road. <clears throat> It'd be a closed casket for you, you understand? I mean, in a moment. We're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not that durable. <laughs> but in the spirit, <clears throat> Amen. So when God created you, he didn't create you to fight for a long time. He created you because he wanted to go before you. He wanted to fight your battles. He wanted you to rest in his strength and in his might. So as we go into this subject, let's go into it from that perspective. Can, 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 can we, is that a good stopping point? Yes. Amen. I have time for one. Well, you know what? We'll, we're, I'm going to look at over these things here that we, these questions that I didn't touch one of them. Um, <laughs> I'm going to look at them. We'll, we'll get into this and get into some of these questions and answering them uh, in, this, in this series. We'll take several weeks here to talk about it. And by the time this is over with, you're going to have a, you're going to have a biblical perspective. Listen, there are plenty of people that'll be out there that'll tell you all kinds of stories. They will tell you shapeshifters and uh, uh, skinwalkers, and they will talk to you about lots of stuff that will intrigue you, that will, uh, that will push all the buttons of the curiosities and whatnot that you have about things of that nature. I remember a missionary came to the Mennonite church and talked about a witch doctor that had turned people in the village into sheep and uh, that the sheep, they knew that they were, uh, they were, um, um, that they, the, the missionary said, the reason we know that these used to be people is because the sheep were crying and they had tears that were coming that, well, you know what? That sheep will cry and have tears. It, you don't have to have been turned into a sheep from being a man to Christ. That's how sheep are. That's <laughs> but we, we will give ourselves that because we want, it, we want it to be something of that. Now, could those things possibly happen? 
Charlie, you were in other, you and Shelly went to other country. Could some of those things happen? They can. But it's not, it's not something that's as common as what some people want to make. It's, you know, that's not what you want to emphasize. It's not the, it's not the thing you're going to deal with all the time. You know what you're going to deal with most of the time? People that won't align, the, align their will with the will of the Father. And they need deliverance. They're in a spiritual battle. It's not even against the devil. It's against themselves. <laughs> that's spiritual warfare. That's the greatest battle that we have as Christians. The battle against ourselves. Now, will the enemy start working when we're fighting with, it, with ourselves? Yes. Amen. He'll try to slip in there and mess with you. So don't get me wrong. I'm not minimizing the enemy's role, the devil's role in this, because he does play a role. So we'll talk about it. But, but did this help anybody so far? Can, one question, just one. If there's one question about something that we said, please, uh, no comments, just one question. If you have a question, I will take one question, and that will be all, and then we'll go. No. <laughs> no comments, Shree, just questions. So as, so as you're dealing with some of those things, um, the insecurities that you have in your life, and you recognize them, what's some things that, I mean, there's some things that are obvious in how to deal with it, but... Can you just go over that? What's the most effective? You know, like, I think we know a lot of the basics, like the word, your identity, uh -huh. things like that. But yeah, what? The word of God is always the most important thing. What does the word of God say about it? If, it, if you can't find something that the word of God has to say about your specific um, difficulty, then, for example, um, if, if, you're, if you're insecure, if you get weird when it comes to wanting to have fellowship with a certain group. For, like if you don't like to hang around after church because of insecurities, very simple, start hanging around after church. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it for a little while. But eventually, if you don't let your flesh have its way, you're going to get over it. You say, well, you know, I got better things. That's what, See, you're lying. Here's the deal. And I, you, need to, you need to understand this. You will lie to yourself and tell yourself you have to get home. But you know, good and well, you ain't got to get home. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And what you going to get done? What are you going to get done? You're not going to get nothing done. Because you already done. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's something we tell ourselves. That's not true. In order to facilitate things that we know. So... What, what's the purpose of hanging out with everybody? Well, you know what? If you can get yourself to where you can hang out with everybody after church and, and be okay with it, and uh, then when the Spirit of God starts to move, you won't be ready to leave at 9 o'clock no more. Now, now all of a sudden, you know, 11 isn't out of the question. 1 o'clock in the morning won't be out of the question. At some point, so you all of a sudden you begin to open up doors where the spirit can work with you more than what he could work with you. And here's here's the other thing that'll happen. All of a sudden you'll begin to get exposure to people that are stronger in some areas in life than you are. 
Well, guess what? If you're going to be strong in areas where you're weak, you're going to have to get some exposure from people that are strong. If you want to be rich, don't just hang around poor people. If you want to be rich, don't hang around people that are poorer than you are so that you can feel rich. I'm preaching right there. But see, some of us, we're not going to do that. You know why? Well, I feel uncomfortable. That's not my group. That's not the people I hang out with. Well, you know what? If you get wealthy, they are going to people that you hang, be the people you hang out with. So shouldn't you get become accustomed to hanging out with them? Kind of, how are you going to navigate them waters? You always just going to run away? If God called you, if God called you to... Listen, some people are like, I feel like the Lord wants me to speak. Listen, if you won't even carry on a conversation with people... How are you going to get up in front of people and talk? So you know what you do? You start talking with people. Guess what? At first, it's going to be awkward. People are going to feel your discomfort. You're going to make them feel strange. They're going to be like, that's good talking to you. You know, you know, what, you're, you know what you're going to think? Man, this ain't working. See there, I tried and, and it ain't working. No, you, listen, you've got to change the environment that you've created. You created this weird environment around your life. People can't help it that they feel strange around you. You created that environment. You created an environment where people think you're weird. People didn't create that environment for you. Come on, y'all. Listen, it don't, take, it don't take a rocket scientist to figure out I like comics and comic book characters. All you have to do is walk in my office. I created that environment. People, I think that's childish. Well, you know, you don't have to have it. It's what I like. You know, you really shouldn't wear those shirts with comic book characters. That's not very professional. I didn't wear it for you. Mind your own business. <laughs> That's what Annie said. Annie, some will say, some will say to me, oh, that, you know, that don't really make you lose. You ought to wear something else. Annie be like, well, what's it to you? What if I like it? <laughs> She'd be like, I like it. I'm like, That's all that's important, baby. <laughs> I wear it three days in a row. <laughs> and she'd be like, You need to take that off. Of <laughs> yeah, she got to be careful what she tell me she likes because I'll, I'll wear it plumb out. But see, then that's how we, that's how we overcome. You, 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 uh, you feel strange about being at a, be, you, do you feel weird being at the mall and being in a fancy store where they sell fancy stuff? You need to go there till you don't feel weird no more. You feel like that, that a certain, certain group of people is exclusive and you're not a part of that group of people, go and stand around them. When they're like, hey, man, what's up? Oh, I'm just over here hanging out, just seeing what you guys are talking about. Pretty soon you're going to find out they're not talking bad about you. Right. Like, you was th like you were telling yourself. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So that's, you know, there, there are practical ways of dealing with it. And then there are ways to deal with it with the word of God. Amen. You know, so that's, that's, those are, and now those are tough things to do. 
But that's, that's, the, that's the only way to do it, church. It's the only way to do it. You know, some, some people want to come and talk to me. You know, they're like, you know, but Dave, it seems so easy for David to talk with pastor. You know, ask David if it's easy to talk with pastor. David tell you something different. David would be like, you know, I'm trying to watch my P's and Q's when I'm sitting around pastor. You know what? I don't watch my P's and Q's when I'm with David. I don't even think nothing about what David is saying. We're just hanging out. You understand? But I, I can tell there are times David be thinking, should I say this? Should I not say this? It's like, dude, chillax. It's all right. But, you know, there, there, is a, there, is a, there is a something that, you know what? Y'all ought to feel nervous talking to me. You know what? There ought to be a little bit of that. Not because, not because I require that, not because I'm looking for it, but you know what? When I get around certain people, I want to make sure that I have the right honor and the right tone and I maintain the right position with those because you know what? Sometimes I'm not the main guy in the room. Sometimes I'm not supposed to be the main guy in the room. Amen. Well, when Paul Trokel tried to hand that service off to me, I'm like, boy, are you crazy? You think we brought you all the way over here so I can get up here and preach? Are you kidding? You grab the, come get this microphone. You the man. Amen. Praise God. So, I mean, does that make sense? To help you out at all? It's tough. I'm not going to lie to you. It's tough. It doesn't always change, though. That's the no. thing. Especially well, with people. I think there's it, sometimes there can be important people in your life that it's not going to change. So you just have to learn to work around that environment. Exactly. And that's, I think, that can be difficult for me, and I can try to run. See, so, so other people's behavior might not change. Right. But your attitude can change. See, because there's some people that want to try to make you feel less than. Because the enemy might be working through those people to push those buttons that he used to be able to push in your life. But when you, when you refuse to allow the enemy to push them buttons anymore, and you're like, I don't care, you can try. That elevator door ain't opening. But see, but when you avoid it, then you close the door for the Lord to, to promote you. Amen. Praise God. You know, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing worse that could happen to an individual who purposefully wants to make you feel bad than you not feeling bad. Right. Nothing grieves them more than for you to be like, eh, okay. Then you start making friends with their friends and they actually like you. Boy, listen, that really, that really don't work. But uh, yeah, I mean... It, you, you do. You have to prepare for uh, the fact that uh, you may, you, the, the behavior of others may not change toward you at all. But y your behavior has to change. Amen. Eventually, though, it does, it does make an impact. Uh, yes. And it changes. When, once, once you've changed the environment of your life, people have no choice but to... Uh, e to align themselves with when I, uh, this talks like this. Now, let's see if we Can I have one more minute? Just one more minute. That's, just one more minute. Then we're. This is going to sound more carnal than anything, but whenever I, uh, whenever Annie and I first went into a, 
I went with Annie and I was just me. She wouldn't go. We first went to the BMW dealership. I wanted to get a BMW. You know what? I was not, I was driving a Honda Civic. A Honda Civic with bad CV. When I, when I turned into the, the, the BMW lot, the, the car was, it was sound like a roller coaster. You understand? That car was janky. It was two different colors. It was, it was terrible. But, uh, but I pulled in. You know what? I was not on the radar of the, of the salesman. They, they, there weren't three of them fighting for my business. No one, literally no one came out of the door to ask me if I needed help. They, in their minds, they knew good and well I needed, the only help I needed was probably to push my car to try to get it started to get off the lot. So many times it was me and Ted. We'd go into these lots, and Ted, he looked like Jethro Bodine stepping out of the... We'd go to, that, we'd go to them lots, and he, he, he looked like Jethro Bodine from the Beverly Hillbillies, boy. He, he'd be in flip-flops, and, oh, boy, this nice. Really, I really like this one. You know? <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. I can only imagine what people thought. But, you know, we, back then we took a lot of grief. They would, they, they would talk to us. They would talk down to us, very condescending. They would say stuff to us, uh, those, those, uh, those uh, salesmen. And I remember the first BMW that I actually bought at the BMW dealership. That salesman was very condescending toward us because we were still, that, that, the enemy was still trying to tell us, you don't belong here. And that didn't change for a long time. But it doesn't matter what kind of dealership I walk into today, whether it's Ford, Chevrolet, BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Tesla, it doesn't matter. Land Rover, Cadillac, Rolls-Royce, Ferrari, it don't matter. I can go into any dealership. You know what? I walk in there, I can walk in there in my fishing clothes. I roll up in there, and the minute I open my mouth and talk to somebody, they're paying attention. They are trying to sell me a car. They don't know what's in my bank account. They don't know what, they don't know what my, my buying power is. They don't know nothing. All they know is the environment that's around my life that was created by the Word of God. So eventually, it did change. Eventually, it did change. But you know what? It took a lot of a perseverance on my part and a lot of willingness on my part to press past the insecurity that I had developed to get over there and to be now, you know what? I go to a car, do they know good and well I can go sit there all day? Some some of y'all go to a car dealership, you sit there all day. I sit if I sit down, they know that, listen, they're they're talking fast. Because I create an environment that says, you got about 10 more minutes and I'm gone. And I'll still buy the car. But you're going to have to send somebody back and forth with papers. And when this is all over with, you're going to have to send somebody to drop it off. Because I ain't coming back here. I don't have time to be up in here with y'all. It's not being uppity. It's not being... It's just... It's, it's creating an environment. Amen. See, some of y'all, you want to have that. But you don't want to be over there all day. They know good and well they're going to get beat up when I roll up and they can feel it. They're like, oh, dear God, here he comes. Oh, yeah. Amen. I, I, I'm not, listen, it's not a, it's not a, 
Uh, that's not a, 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 a prideful statement. I'm just, I'm just telling you, there are things that you can change with the Word of God. And by exposing yourself to faith and confidence in God that will cause things to go better in your life, that will squash all those things, those insecurities, those uh, uh, demonic and carnal thoughts that have, that have paralyzed you. But it's up to you. It's, it's got to start with you. Nobody can do it for you. See, some of you think if, if you, man, if I hung out with pastor, it would be all right. No, you just get to feeling more bad. Eventually, you'd probably leave the church if you hung out with me. Because like, eh, pastor, I just, I don't know, man. I just don't fit. So you think that somehow or another your, your ego is going to be boosted by who you know, man. That's not, that's not how it works. You, you, get, you get in there. You, you, you knuckle down, you, you make a determination, you know the word of God, you know you're not supposed to. The Bible says don't cast away your confidence. There's a reward. Bless God, be confident. Amen. Boy, I might say something crazy. Like Anna, boy, she was looking like pastor about to say something crazy. <laughs> You know, you hang out with me, you're going to be a subject in one of the messages. You better, see, some people, I don't know if they could handle that, you know? Like, if you get too close, it's going to be like, I'm going to say something about you. It's okay if I say something. I ain't going to let you answer. I'll be like, anyway. And then if it's the right kind of story, I might embellish it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I might have you praying in tongues over a Greek God. But anyway, praise the Lord. Uh, Lord, we receive all this. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray, Father, as we go out of here, you go with us. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness, for how much you love us and your great grace that's extended toward us. As we go, may we go in your presence. May we come back, Lord, with expectation, God. Uh, I, I pray that uh, the outreach on Friday, that there'll be a great harvest a great harvest in the name of Jesus, a great harvest. What is it? Is it uh, Bricktown? You going to Bricktown? Yeah, Unless it's, Lord, in the name of Jesus, let every word that they preach, every word that they speak, may the gospel, Lord, the good news touch the hearts of each one. And Lord, may many surrender their hearts to the Lordship of Jesus. Then bring us Sunday, Lord, we're expecting in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My intention is to minister on what I was going to minister this week, and I will see how the Lord leads, but I was going to talk about, uh, we, we talked about the law of agreement, and I want to talk about the law, the biblical law of association, and how the law of agreement, the biblical law of association work together to create uh, opportunities for God's people. So, I love you. Go in His presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do. I'll see you back here. On, I'll see you for sure Sunday.